Welcome to The Verb with Heather Hallman, where each week she explores a different life-changing verb in the Bible to connect you with Jesus and a new way to live each day. With your host, Dr. Heather Hallman. Welcome back to The Verb. I'm your host, Heather Holloman. I'm so excited today. I know I say that every time, but I just get so excited about the power of Scripture to renew your mind and set you free. So today's verb is this idea of chosen, that we are chosen. This is based on my book, Chosen for Christ, Stepping into the Life You've Been Missing. This might be one of the most important things I have learned about that idea that God has chosen us to belong to him, mostly looking at Ephesians 1, that God chose us in him before the creation of the world to belong to Jesus. But what happened as I was writing that book and kind of organizing my thoughts about this idea that I was chosen, because I was living in a lot of rejection, and I was so worried about God's plan for my life, like being rejected from different opportunities. So think of being rejected from people, plans, you know, positions. And, you know, I was having a lot of students crying in my office that their plans were falling apart. And one day, as I was working on my book, Chosen, I read this in Colossians 1. It says this, The Son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For in Him all things were created, Things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things and in him all things hold together. Okay, now normally I explore verbs on this podcast, but for this podcast, I want to look at a single preposition, and that is that little tiny word for you have been created for Jesus. It is amazing to think of. I mean, if you explore that tiny word in the original Greek language, it essentially means that you have been created for Jesus, meaning you answer to his purposes. It's the final cause for why we exist. And it's beautiful. You know, in John 17, we read that we have been given to Jesus. And it's really beautiful to think of This idea, we've been given to him. Now, I'm obsessed with kind of, you know, say yes to the dress and weddings and all of that. But I want you to think of yourself as as someone given away to Jesus, sort of like in that marriage ceremony. The final explanation of why you are here and for whom is because you and me and the family of believers are made to become the bride of Christ. Now, why did that matter to me? As I was thinking about, okay, God, I exist for you. It means I'm chosen, you're chosen for a person, not a plan. I'm going to repeat that. You're chosen for a person, not this perfect life plan. And why did that matter so much to me? Well, because all I care about is my plans. And it really became an idol for me because I was like, okay, I'm a Christian. Now, what's the perfect plan? But the Lord began to teach me, Heather, you're chosen for me to enjoy love and embrace all the reasons why God chose you, you know, for Christ, the purposes of worship, living as God's treasured possession, belonging to a new family, all of those things. And I just began to think, God, 
I'm chosen for this love relationship with you. Why have I been so focused on this perfect plan working out? God does have a plan for your life. It's a wonderful plan. He may not reveal it to you right now. It may not be what you think. But the most important thing is you're chosen for him. Now, I began to ask God, did you really make me and choose me specifically? Or am I some part of some you know larger population, like God choosing the entire nation of Israel? Like, how specific is this? How specific do you really love me? I just want to encourage you today that God made you. He knows you by name. He summons you personally to belong to him. Now, if you examine the number of times in scripture, God says that he chooses people by name, your heart may warm to Jesus. I mean, this is a God who says to Jeremiah, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. David worships God by saying, you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. You saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. Consider God's words to Moses. He says, I'm pleased with you. I know you by name. Isaiah 43, 1, God says, do not fear. I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name. You are mine. And think about it. God knows you by name. After all, it is your name that has been written in the Lamb's book of life as described in Revelation. God knows you by name. He made you. He summons you to belong to him. And to think about this idea, you're chosen for a person, not a plan. Think about like when I married my husband, I married him. I didn't marry our perfect life plan. I didn't commit to a plan. Well, in fact, without reservation, I committed my life to someone precisely because we didn't know the future. At the altar, you essentially cry out, I'll go anywhere with you. I will do anything. Who cares? We could be rich, poor, sick, or healthy. It doesn't matter as long as I'm with you. I'm so glad I understood this because after that my, after that marriage ceremony, all of the firm plans my husband and I had completely fell apart. God ordained a surprise pregnancy, a career change, medical issues that we simply could not have known in advance, but we married each other, not a plan. And that's the basis of my journey with my husband and also the Lord. Now, what's funny is, is I was sitting into my house and I, because I love stories. I was thinking, God, is there a story that you've already written that helps me think more about this? And I was like, is there an example that helps me think this through? And then it was amazing because I thought of something really funny And it comes from an episode, one of the most famous and repeated comedic scenes in film that really helped me understand how I'm often thinking I'm chosen for a plan, not a person. And it's a scene that helped me realize sometimes my plans can become an idol. So it's an episode in I Love Lucy, the beloved sitcom of the 1950s, and it's the most watched episode in 1953. More people turned into, tuned in to watch this episode than the inauguration of Dwight Eisenhower. And it's beautiful because it's the episode where Lucy is about to have a baby. And everyone in the nation, if you had a TV, you were watching this episode. In the episode, Ricky, Fred, and Ethel rehearse the perfect plan for when Lucy announces it's time to go to the hospital. Twice the trio calmly and perfectly rehearses their plan. Ricky will help Lucy with her coat. Ethel will call the doctor. Fred will take the suitcase of Lucy's clothes down to the taxi. It's this foolproof plan. 
They've rehearsed it. It's the perfect plan. But as soon as Lucy enters the room to tell everyone it's time to have a baby, total chaos ensues. Instead of calmly caring for Lucy, the most important person and the one all the plans are about, the trio scrambles around. They drop the suitcase. They trip over each other. They're screaming about the taxi. The three rush out the door and they leave Lucy behind. She's standing there alone in her apartment and says, hey, wait for me. Finally, when Ricky returns to her, he pushes the door open and squashes Lucy against the wall. It is a hilarious scene. But when Ricky comes back in, he's scolding Lucy and he says, where are you? This is no time to play games. And that made me think about exactly how I treat Jesus. I don't want to forget Jesus. I don't want to push him behind the door because I misunderstand that I'm chosen for him. Everything's about him, not the plan. He's what everything is all about, not my frantic plans. I keep a quote by A.W. Tozer in my purse, and he says it so beautifully. It is wholly impossible for us to know what lies before us, but it is possible to know something vastly more important. We cannot know for certain the what and the whither of our earthly pilgrimage, but we can be sure of the who, and nothing else matters. You can be sure of the who. Jesus chose you for himself, and as long as you know that you're chosen for a person and not a perfect life plan, your life is going to explode with worship, which is what we're going to talk about next week on the podcast, that we are chosen to worship him. Thank you for listening to The Verb with Heather Holloman. If you'd like to stay connected, you can find me on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. And remember, new episodes every Friday. This episode was brought to you by my friends at Moody Publishers. I have loved publishing my books with Moody because they donate every dollar of profit to the Moody Bible Institute. So when you purchase my book, you help train the next generation of Christian leaders. Learn more about my books with Moody Publishers at heatherholloman.com.